Hey friends, hope you're all doing well. Recording the podcast from downstairs today instead of in my room, which is fun. Sitting in the back room where it's just having a nice, lovely conversation with a friend from Mexico. And then after that, had a nice, calm time reading Malcolm X's autobiography. So definitely enjoying the spoils of staying at home, which I hope you're also doing. Today I want to discuss the topic of wealth and happiness. It's something which comes up a lot where we do have the casual phrase of money can't buy happiness, but then we also have the casual phrase of if only I had more money. And I find that to be really interesting because I think that We can all come from either way, oftentimes. We can find ourselves seeking more wealth in order to gain more happiness or more things in life that can make us happy. Or we find ourselves saying, oh, if I had more, then what am I going to do with it? I'm not going to be happy. And we can find the same people saying those two contrasting statements within themselves. We can do this quite often. It's really interesting, and and I think to set it up, I want to talk about one of the most famous studies on it, which is by Kahneman Deaton in 2010. They wrote a paper about uh, life satisfaction and happiness and how it relates to income. And what they find is life satisfaction increases fairly linearly with increases in income, yet happiness, so your emotional day-to-day sensations, feelings, improve with income only up to making $75,000 per year, and then it levels off. And it's interesting because there are a few takeaways from, from that. The majority of Americans make less than $75,000 and the majority of the world makes less than $75,000. And additionally, since this was only an American sample, we can only really generalize to American people on this scale and not necessarily say that that same number applies to the entire world. However, taking that perspective, it's quite curious to think about happiness and emotions. Happiness inherently in our conception of quote-unquote subjective well-being, which I've discussed frequently on this podcast, is the perception of one's emotions, how one feels, how one is having a a sensing experience of the world. How happy do I feel? How much joy and positive emotions do I feel in comparison to the negative emotions that I feel. Life satisfaction, on the other hand, tends to have a bit of a different spin on it, where it's not as much of feelings-based, but more so taking a step back and looking at, okay, am, am I happy with how my life is? Am I content with how my life is? I'm just curious because study was done in the U.S. and 
done through Gallup and they're very, very good at their sampling methods. So it's tough to break down the generalizations of these things. But I think there are a few takeaways which I've always had when thinking about the relationships between wealth and happiness. I think within this research, the takeaway is, well, sure, for some people who make very, very little money, if they can make more money, then that can allow them to access certain resources and needs on which they can spend their money, which can genuinely help them live better lives and to feel better about their lives. And to also experience less negative emotions and more positive emotions in their lives. If you have less starvation, less poor education for your children, if your children are able to eat better food, if you're able to eat better food as a person, if you're able to provide for the people that you love who depend on you, if you're able to purchase necessities that allow your life to be easier and more convenient, then it sort of all adds up in terms of seeing, oh, that additional wealth allows me to access resources which allow me to remove more of the negative states which I experience in my life. And in removing those negative states, the balance toward the positive states that I experience increases. And inherently in doing so, I become more happy because the amount of positive experiences that I have in my life is greater than the negative ones. So with that being said, I have more likelihood of when thinking about my happiness, being able to think about the positive things because more positive things are happening to me. Because ultimately that's what happiness is. That's what subjective well-being is. It is a perception of one's feelings. It is a breakdown mentally of what one's feelings are. And that's where my caveats lie. I understand that it's important to have a good balance of positive sensations. I understand that it's good to perhaps have a hedonic, pleasurable experience every now and then. I understand that. And I understand the oddly fundamental human need for them. Because we see this across cultures, across people, across the entire world. But what if we took a step back and started to further examine how much of those hedonic pleasures we need, which ultimately we are using our wealth to access? What if we took a step back to try to realize what the things are that bring us deeper happiness? And instead of saying happiness, I want to use a different word. Because happiness is too muddled in this subjective well-being, emotional state, feeling sensation-based game. And I'd rather play a bigger game, a different game, where we can have a different alignment of perceptions that can allow us to think differently about what it means to live a good life. 
living a good life doesn't necessarily mean being happy a lot. Living a good life ends up being did I live meaningfully and purposefully? Did I engage? Did I have people around me who I loved and who loved me back? And was I able to develop a mechanism within my own mind to perceive the conditions of my life, the world around me, and the things I was doing within my life as enough, as something that makes me content? Can I be at peace with that which I cannot control? And am I content enough with my actions and my achievements of the things that I can control and the things that are in my hands? Because when you think about it that way, the new car that you spend $35,000 on doesn't matter that much. The third bedroom in your house that nobody will take a step in until perhaps your in-laws' kids come twice a year doesn't matter. And going out to eat all of those times ends up not mattering as much. Having the brand new phone every time it comes out rather than perhaps every other time or getting it when it's on a promotion starts to not matter. Because the things that end up having to do with your happiness are how well you can take a step to perceive your own life differently. Because when we're able to take that step back to think through what are the conditions that are outside of my control that are perhaps causing me stress that I am perceiving erroneously, then I can start to adjust the way in which I view those things. I can start to work on coming to peace with that which is beyond my control. And perhaps letting that go, I can take a step to narrow my focus on the things within the domain of my control, within my hands. And if I can focus on those things and realize that I have the capabilities to do, to succeed, and to improve myself by doing and actively trying and pursuing doing better, then that's what it's about. From that point, you realize, wow, I can learn new skills, practice new things, learn, reflect, spend time finding peace within myself, spend time cultivating meaningful relationships, spending time expanding my perspective. From there, you can start to realize, wow, perhaps I don't need a lot of money in order to be content. 
Perhaps I don't need a lot to have genuine happiness. Because oddly enough, if you can have that base mechanism within the mind together, to have that base level understanding to say, I am okay with that which is not out of my control. I am okay with that which is not in my control. And for the things that are in my control, I am content with my efforts and I am building on them. Then there's a lot to be had there. And I think the big thing that I want to say is that in this broken down description that I'm giving here, it's not everything. It's really not everything. And as I've talked about psychological well-being a number of times on this podcast and different theories and different ways of thinking and different ways to reach high levels of each of those six facets of psychological well-being that I've referenced, we need to start considering how all of these things fit together in a bigger picture. But I think fundamentally first, we need to work on what I've discussed here in this episode, which fortunately, this topic of wealth and happiness has allowed me to reach. It is, how is my relationship with the things that I cannot control? And how is my relationship with the things that I can control? the things that I can control, am I doing enough? Can I do better? And how is my perception of it? And perhaps the additional step which I'll take before it goes down too much of a rabbit hole is, how much do I judge myself for my pursuits and for what I am doing with that which is inside of my control? How much am I telling myself, you're not good enough, this isn't enough, this could be better and needs to be better? And demotivating yourself in doing so. Because we can legitimately say that yes, I'm not doing enough, I can do better, and see that as a positive thing. We can have a positive mindset going into that saying, yes, I can do better and I'm going to do these things to improve. And in that, we can find fulfillment, genuine contentment. But if we're assessing ourselves in a negative way, when we're perceiving ourselves and our efforts in improving our domain over that which we do control, then that is where a lot of things can happen. It is within our overall relationships with that which we cannot control and that which we can control. And if we can focus our base on that, we can take big steps forward. And when we think about those two things, money isn't there. If we consider our income a condition and a restraint and a constraint 
which we're trying to work with and we have to cooperate with, then that, that will allow us to unlock the parts of our perception that will then allow us to have a better relationship with our conditions and how we can operate within our conditions so that we can find a contentment within our lives of the conditions we have and perhaps to try to improve those conditions. And in that, I can return to the topic of wealth and happiness. It makes sense at the end of the day. If one wants to improve the constraints that he has, to change the way in which he can operate, he can go out and work on himself so that he can change those constraints so that he can live a life that is more comfortable, that is more open. And in that, one seeks more wealth. One pushes for more wealth. One is willing to invest more into earning more wealth, to have a better lifestyle. But it's not necessary. It's ultimately not necessary. Because one does not need to change the constraints in which one lives in order to be happy when ultimately it has to do with the perceptions one has of that which lies inside of those constraints. If we can improve the perceptions we have of our lives within those constraints, if we can improve the way in which we see what we do and the opportunities that we have within those constraints and how we can live and operate within those constraints, and if we can find peace in how things are and understand that we can do certain things to improve that which is in our dominion. From there, contentment and well-being awaits. So thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you engaging with this topic. Wealth and happiness is always challenging to talk about because of its nuances, as hopefully you've seen here over the last 19 minutes. But I think that it's an important topic to discuss. It's an important topic to philosophize about and also an important topic to study. And Kahneman and Deaton's work on this topic in, in their study is pivotal. And it's important to consider and discuss openly. And that was really the purpose of this episode. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for engaging. I appreciate it so much, as I've just said 30 seconds ago. And yeah, hope you're doing well. Hope you're taking care. I hope that this episode and the content I provided here provides some value and some thoughtfulness for you in your day, your night, your week, your month your life. 
I appreciate it so much. If you like this podcast, give it a rating, thumbs up, comment on whatever podcast platform you use. It would mean a lot to me. I'll be back soon. So much love. Talk soon. Cheers.